I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Don't worry, it's Yorkshire tea. And I'm having it with oat milk because, um, well, you know, that's what I'm like, really. This is why I shouldn't fucking multitask. Hello, welcome. We've only been in the top 100 all week. It's very hard being us over here, isn't it? Yes, it's very exciting. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. I mean, you know, essentially I'm paid to say that. I'm not, it's a podcast. (laughs) That's the punchline. Hello, you bunch of whiny dickheads. It's me, Scotty, your leader, your community worker, your support officer, and, uh, well, I mean, your therapist to many of you fucking nutcases. Together with my mate Deb, producer Deb to you lot, please, we are here yet again as some form of Munchausen syndrome to give you another helping of that podcast thing that we call After the Tone. Apparently it's about 40 minutes, but this week not many of you are feeling like you want to join in, so we haven't got many calls, so, you know, it could be done in 10 minutes, hopefully. <laughs> essentially what happens if you uh, ain't listened to this before is people have left voice notes for me on a burner phone and uh, I sort of say things after it to make it mildly entertaining let's go with because otherwise what's the point of listening I'm not gonna lie I'm gonna tell you the truth here I am slightly hungover yes mummy had a beer or seven last night uh, and you know what she's like and yes I did have 20 nuggets afterwards when I got home and um I've also I've just jumped out of therapy, just jumped into this, which, I mean, (laughs) could go either way, really. (laughs) But I am this sort of brilliant mix of enlightened and curmudgeon. So um, do feel free to brace yourself. Apparently, I've got to say hello to people in foreign lands. Hello, people in foreign lands. Uh, Particularly shout-outs to the Germany 
people, those in Australasia and in Sweden, which feels nice. But also, what a lineup for Eurovision. And whilst we're at it, please can I ask, why is Australia in Eurovision? Because it's not in it's not in Europe. I don't quite get that. I think it's like uh, gay offside rule. Do you know what I mean? Where like you know the offside rule, and you know, people sort of explain it to you, and you're like, mm, I don't get it. Can someone call up and like let me know why Australia is in Eurovision? Also, are you one of those freaks that absolutely loves it? God, it's a cult. If you think this is a cult, go to Eurovision. Anyway, on a more serious note, before we get going, I do want to say a massive fucking bit of solidarity to the people of Palestine. If you don't know what's going on out there, please do enlighten yourself, lend your voice, support and dollar if you can. Now, before we get going, I am just going to have a little sip of my tea. Sup of my tea, as they say up here. Oh, lovely. Oh, I tell you what, many people would look at the colour of this tea and think, that's disgusting. But I'm a two-bag kind of woman. (laughs) I don't know why I thought that was innuendo, but, you know, we'll go with it. And I tell you what, the nearest colour I can tell you that is, it's like you've just had your morning shit after a night of drinking red wine. (laughs) (laughs) And that is why I'm the poet laureate of the United Kingdom. I tell you what, you better take me off air, Deb, and open up the mailbag, because I tell you what, those listeners that I've just mentioned in Germany, Australia and Sweden, oh, there won't be any more. Hey, Scotty, and producer Deb, and all the crew in After the Tone. I just wanted to bring up a very important point here. If this is a pub, right, because that there JRF was saying, like, you know, there's new girls in the pub and all, right? I just want to make something or get some clarity, actually, right? If this is a pub, right, are the spirit measures the shitty, shitty fuck-off UK 25 milliliter bullshit or the correct, decent, 35 milliliter Irish measures? I mean, I think I know the answer to this question, but I would like it clarified because it's very important. Again, one of the many, many differences between the Irish and the British. Mostly us doing things right and them just being, you know, like the awkward uncle in the corner can't hold his 25 milliliter measures. Fuck's sake. Anyway... I'm just about to get into bed to <laughs> to go to sleep so I can work fully function for not Google, by the way, tomorrow. Not getting paid that much. Right, well, hope everybody's doing well and uh, you're all getting a little prick, aka the vaccine. And can go out and hug people. Start licking each other's faces and all that kind of shit again. I uh, hope everybody's having a good time. Bye. Well, condensed milk voice is back again. Now, you know, the more we get to know this one, you just think, well, you know what she's like on a night out. You know she's going to be fucking hard work, don't you? You know you're, like, having to call up the taxi and throw her in and hope for the best. You just can tell, can't you? Anyway, notoriously, as you know, I don't drink, so I wouldn't understand what that hangover is. (laughs) Ah! Now, listen, you know where my allegiances lie on this one, sweetheart. Call it what it is, for what it is, and when it is. And so I'll call it for what it is now. I don't think we should be heralding the fact that there are 10 mil more over the way (laughs) as, you know, doing things right. Particularly, as you and I know, that basically littered within our history and stories is alcoholism to the backbone, (laughs) 
Now, there's a reason why Drunk Paddy is a stereotype. (laughs) And it's not an unfair one. So, you know, I'm not saying the Brits over here have got it right. I'm not saying that at all. You know what I really love when you go to Scotland? You have to plan when you want to have a drink because they, sh- they stop serving so soon because, you know, part of the Kelp family, babes, at least they know. They're like, you better stop serving the drink at 10 o'clock because you know what they get like. So it can be very difficult getting a drink when you're up that way. But, you know, not that difficult getting one over the way, is it? <laughs> now, you know me. I love a proper Bev. But I like to start with a pint of the good stuff because why not? And then work your way up from there. There is a really great bar that I really love in Dublin. Basically, you go in. I mean, measures are not a thing that really exists there. And uh, the later it gets on in the night, there's just that whack anything in there, which is my sort of idea of a good time. Do you know what I mean? So now I'm thinking you work for PayPal. I mean, I will get it. Anyway, on to vaccines. Fat people over this way are being fucking gaslight to fucking shite because you know the government over here have been doing this whole thing of like if you're fat and you die of covid well it's your fault because you should have been exercising so now fat people are going oh well, can we have the vaccine they're like absolutely not you gotta wait your turn <laughs> <laughs> only a bunch of tory cunts anyway lovely to hear from you pleasure as much as it is a chore scotty jrf producer deb most importantly and the carer and also pigs in blanket who i think are very often that giggle when she told a story about the tea tail makes me laugh a lot i am a first time caller i'm not sure if i'm a long time listener but i've listened to all of the episodes over the last three weeks and i feel like i belong in the pub and after last week's episode i finally felt that it was time for me to call because A long time ago, well, for me, a few days ago, you were asking for celebrity stories. So my celebrity story, it's not my story, it's my brother-in-law's brother's story, who was in the airport. Basically, everyone got off the plane and was waiting for their luggage, and it took fucking forever, right? And everyone's watching the carousel go round. And as they're doing that, he notices, in amongst the crowd, Paul Daniels, who you mentioned in last week's episode. So he thought, for a laugh, he goes up to Paul and he says, all right, Paul, how about you magic up the bags? To which Paul Daniels replies, why don't you fuck off? (laughs) So, yeah, that's my celebrity story. And also connected to last week, we started to talk a little bit about fashion. And that, for me, is what I really want to talk about. If I was going to give myself a little name for your podcast, I'm going to call myself BFD, which is Big Fat Dyke, right? I am a lovely, big, chubby lesbian. I always have been. I always will be. And my bugbear in life is fucking clothes when I look back and I think about my childhood all I can fucking remember is me and my mum standing usually in some shit shop like Tammy Girl or fucking CNA just death staring each other off because my mum wants me to buy a dress she's like standing there with some fucking dress on a hanger and I'm looking at her with some kind of sport shorts (laughs) that I want to purchase and my whole life when I think about it like I work for myself I'm a teacher I work online why do I do that because I can't fucking stand office wear right as a BFD I don't want to be in ladies office wear right and so every time I have to go for an interview I just think fuck it I'm not going to fucking go because what the fuck am I going to wear so Scotty I follow you on Instagram right mate I fucking love everything that you wear so my question is to you and everybody else in the pub who I love 
where do you find clothes if you are a chubby fatty who is happy being a chubby fatty, particularly if you are a sort of like gender neutral presenting chubby fatty, where do you get your clothes from? You know, there was a photo of you the, the other day, mate. You were in your art studio, I guess, and you were sitting in this amazing, I don't know what to call it, a jumpsuit with shorts. I fucking love wearing shorts and tops. And I just thought, man, I just want to dress like Scotty. So my question is, mate, where do you get your clothes from? Also, thanks for everything you do. I'm in Russia, so I know that you like people who are international, but this podcast in the last few weeks has made a massive difference to me. So thank you very much. And yeah, where'd you get your fucking clothes from? You're in Russia? Russia? Well, condensed milk voice, look, I thought you were giving me all the feels of giving me a a call from over the way. This one's come from Russia. Russia? I'm surprised it weren't illegal for you to send a voice note. Oh, isn't that exciting, Russia? Anyway, also, another thing that I love... Deb can testify for this. I love a dyke. Absolutely love a dyke. Actually, I said that online the other day and like a baby gay said to me, I don't think you should say the word dyke because it's a word of oppression. And I said, if I didn't call some of my friends dykes and I called them lesbians, that would be an act of oppression against them because there is an ilk of lesbiana, as a place, who are dykes. And do you know what? In my day, it's a, such a moment of empowerment. It's just a word. So anyway, we could go into that. But anyway, Big Fat Dyke, absolutely welcome to the gang. So I'm going to call you an FCAL, BFD, which is the first time caller, avid listener. We love that. Now, Paul Daniels, I love a distant story. I hate it when someone can come up to you and be like, oh, this thing happened to me. And it's like, no, I want to know about your second cousin's mum who works in Morrison's who had a bit of a to-do with somebody. You know, I like that. I like a rigmarole to the story. I have actually met Debbie McGee in my time. Anyway, by the by, clothes. I love this notion of ladies' clothes. It's so outdated, isn't it? <laughs> you can go into a shop and go, excuse me, could you show me the way to the ladies' clothes? <laughs> oh, and I tell you what, when I've taken partners to go to the sections of the shop that I buy clothes from, I mean, one, they're always bemused, like, why all of a sudden is there just, like, bits of circles cut out of shoulders? I'm like, this is what they expect fat people to wear. And also, if I see another blaz with a fucking butterfly on it, I tell you what, I am going to knife Greta Thunberg. <laughs> I can't say that. I don't mean that. I mean, as in I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do something bad to the environment because of the fucking butterflies. Bless Greta. She's actually a really lovely person. I mean, I've never met her in my life, but she seems very lovely, so I probably shouldn't say that. And Debbie might edit it out because it's probably a very violent thing to say to a child. Now, where do I get my gear from? Well, I don't want to say because I don't want to promote fast fashion. It's this difficult relationship that I have with fast fashion because fast fashion is often one of the only spaces in which bodies like ours are catered for because of the sizing. And so I don't want to be an endorser of fast fashion for what it does, but I also want to acknowledge that fat people are not given a choice or enough ethical choices in which clothing can be available to us. So if you want to slide into my DMs on the Instagram, feel free and I'll send you a few pointers. I tell you what, the other week I had to put together a little lookbook for a friend of mine because they were having a right old tears, bless them. So I just sent them about five links about things that I thought they'd look nice in and it made a very lovely outfit. So I've got a very discerning eye, even if I say so myself. Uh, The other thing I would definitely say 
is don't be afraid to cut shit up. So that jumpsuit that you saw on me was a lady's jumpsuit. And I just chopped the legs off and turned it up and um, sewed it together. I mean, you can do a really rudimentary version. If you cut the legs off, turn it up, iron it and pin it with some safety pins, it would still do the same thing. So when you look at things, don't think they have to be used in the way that they are. I also really big, I mean, this could probably not work uh, for you in Russia, but I really want to do a fat clothes swap. They used to be really popular in like the early noughties, where basically like fat people bring clothes that they no longer want to wear, but they're still wearable. And you like share and share alike. It's like a really uncapitalist, slow fashion way of operating. Oh, yeah, I should do that really, shouldn't I? I don't know, maybe after this hangover. Hiya, Scotty Bab, it's Pauline again, and hiya, Producer Deb. Now, the reason I've never said hiya, Producer Deb before is because I've always found that name quite triggering. I've got an Auntie Deb, nasty piece of work, stole all the china from my nan's house when she kicked the bucket. Livid. Real nice stuff there. I can't believe you're going to sling your hook. We've only just begun, as Karen Carpenter used to say. Well, I thought I might end on this. Confession time. Every time my old man goes away, I sneak in KFC. Now, he's a level five vegan. So every time he goes to the bin and I have discarded this chicken and I've wrapped it up in several layers of bin bags, newspaper, whatever I can find, I always feel like the jaw dashes and they're about to find the patio, the body under it. I know that's going to mean nothing to a lot of your international fans, but I thought I'd confess this. And I'm playing with fire. If he finds out, I'm going to be sleeping on the streets. I need to go around your gaff. <laughs> Pauline, oh, do you know what? You're quickly becoming a fave around these parts. Oh, I love that um, you're a person from a different age, like myself, quite old-fashioned. I don't mind casting aspersions like that, Pauline, because I just feel it. Now, you said Deb is quite a triggering name for you. It's quite a triggering name for me as well. Actually, Deb is quite a nasty piece of work. She keeps me locked up in here all week, and uh, I don't have any autonomy. And and this secret message will probably won't even get out, but, you know, fine. Um, Oh, yeah, KFC. (laughs) Secretly eating KFC for your level five boyfriend. I'll tell you what, why don't you come out? Why don't you just say... Look, this is the post-therapy me coming out. Why don't we be grown up here and we own our feelings and we'll say, occasionally I like to eat chicken. Discuss, partner, and see what they say. You know, you might be harbouring on some fear that might not be real. Or you might split up and that would make for a really great voice note in the future. <laughs> Think about your public, Pauline. Stop being so selfish. Hi, Scotty. It is Kat from Glasgow. It's been a while since I sent you and producer Deb a little message. Um, I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to say, even though I've started it. <laughs> but I've just come home from like a couple of just like manic days in work. Glorious kind of the first kind of few face to face days with real life humans that I've had in a while. So it feels like this is the first time I've been able to just kind of like sit with feeling and thoughts since Thursday where I'm sure you and many of the other folk down the pub have all um, seen or heard about the kind of spontaneous show of community that happened in Glasgow on Thursday that I was a part of where we came together and at dawn we'd van had shown up and 
they had placed two men inside and we just didn't let the fucking van leave. And there was hundreds of us there and it was just that glorious spirit of like, just like the friendliest humans and people passing out bottles of water and people passing out sandwiches and although no shade, but I slightly was like jam sandwich. I've not had one of those in years. But anyway, the atmosphere of moments like that are always joyous, even though they've come from this darker place. Like ultimately we were all there because what was happening was unjust and we stood up for it. So I think all I'm kind of saying is just, I'm just super, super fucking proud of everyone that was there and what we achieved. And just, I can feel what I'm saying. I can feel it in my chest and I can feel it kind of rising up through my throat, but I'm unable to articulate it. But I'm sure people will also be able to feel what I'm, what I'm feeling. Just that absolute pride in where I'm from who my neighbours are, and <laughs> that car horn, not proud of that. <laughs> yeah, just really sitting with my thoughts tonight and so pleased and just honoured to be from a place that cares as deeply as it does. And I do care about every single one of you and everyone. And it proves that we can just do it. Apologies for the car horns and my ramblings. Love to you all. You're all glorious. Thank you for being excellent humans. Love you all. Oh, lovely cat there, giving us absolutely a beautiful insight to that amazing moment that happened this week up in Glasgow there. So all power to you. For our listeners over the way, up the way or down the way, just to give this some context, um, Scotland is a country that's attached to the United Kingdom, but very much operates as a very different space, uh, quickly becoming the only socialist space left within what some people call a United Kingdom. What happened this week was there was going to be a removal, I like to call an illegal removal, a deportation of a community member, a human from uh, Glasgow. And the community came together and created an occupation on the street in which that person was being removed. So much so that the local police constabulary had to step down and allow that person to go free because hundreds of people, hundreds of people over the series of hours occupied the street and came together and said not in our name and it's difficult because you know you hope that this just isn't a delay but this is a shift and a change and a move in a direction but of course the government are doing everything they possibly can to stop direct action like this being legal lawful and possible And so I'm worried that these activisms will be curtailed in the future. But, you know, the more I think about Scotland, the more I just think of, give me that socialism everywhere. I'm very lucky I live in a very socialist city. And for all of the SNP, which is the Scottish National Party, which is the very socialist, quite outward looking government, it does have its stuff that it needs to work through, but in comparison to the fucking bunch of clowns that are running the United Kingdom, it's facing in the right direction. Just think, wow, independence can't come quick enough for Scotland. So I really hope referendum is um, 
offered, which is so, so gruesome that it has to be offered. But um, I'm looking forward to seeing the Scottish Parliament take on the UK government. All power to you, Kat. You know, and that vagueness that you were talking about, finding your thoughts. That's what this is about. You don't have to call up and be snappy and witty and entertaining. That's my job. <laughs> finding your thoughts with us is completely allowed. And I also really love that you were heckled, <laughs> heckled by the very community who stood by you with car horns. <laughs> Lovely to hear from you, cat. Oh, should we have a half-time breather? Oh, treat myself, might as well. Listen, we're coming towards the end of season three. Look at that. Oh, it's very exciting. Next week is our last week. So, you know, do remember to tie up those loose ends and get some conversations in if you've got a burning question or thought or feeling or something that you've been desperate to respond to. You know, you can do the same as BFD, Big Fat Dyke, and just call up and say, this is what I'm thinking. It would be gorgeous. Anyway... We're taking a little moment to read some gorgeous reviews that we've had. Long-time listener, first-time reviewer. Where to begin? If you're looking for your people, After the Tone is where you'll find them. Thank you, Scotty and producer Debbie. That comes from SJ O'Shea. Good Irish name there. Thank you very much. Another one here which says, Lovely stuff. My favourite podcast. I look forward to the laughs this gives me on my walk to work every Thursday morning. And that comes from user 261189. (laughs) So I imagine that you were born on the 26th of the 11th, 1989, because otherwise, why choose such a bizarre set of numbers? Anyway, as ever, it's absolutely gorgeous to have those reviews. Please do give us a like, subscribe, star, follow us, whatever platform you listen to, because, you know, they all do different things, which is so annoying. But your reviews, your subscribes allows us to climb up the charts and allows other people to find us organically, which when, you know, you're next to Random House Penguin, who like putting in 40 grand to promote their podcast, it is very helpful when you help share the word. So thank you very much. If you want to join us over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash after the tone for a pound a week you can help keep us on air and make sure that season four is bigger and better which we're very much looking forward to right let's dive back into it i've only got a couple of calls left and um oh i'll tell you what i'm looking forward to a lie down hope you're both doing well just gonna give you some love scotty because you keep saying that you're not getting it Or you want more, which is so fucking fair. You're fab and gorgeous and I love following your Instagram because it reminds me to look after myself by having lovely baths and doing some yoga. And also I think you're really hot, so thanks for that. I just listened to this week's episode and I just also wanted to give some love to Providenza. You do you, babe. I think you've done an amazing thing by um, even having that conversation with your family is incredible and I'm wishing you all the love and luck on your affirmation journey. For me, I think I just need to do a bit of a rant today, to be honest. So I'm obviously Irish, I'm from Donegal, and I'm living in Kent in South England, like rural Kent. I get really pissed off at how much Irish people are just used as like performing monkeys by some British people. Like if I talk about something serious, they're like, oh, you're being very serious today. It's like, fuck off. Like, we're not here for your fucking entertainment. It's like we're always the gag. And, like, the reason I'm here is because I'm doing a PhD. So, like, obviously, people take you a bit more fucking serious when you have a couple of letters after your name. But still, even at this stage, like, even at conferences and stuff, you're just still treated like this performing monkey. It's so frustrating. 
And I was wondering, Scotty, what's your thoughts on that as like an Irish person with an English accent? Like, do you experience that? Or is there any other Irish people who experience that? And like, just trying to call them out. But I mean, if you call a Southern English person out, they're just like, oh, what? You know, they just really don't take any accountability. It's really fucking annoying, isn't it? Sorry about all the copious swearing, but that's just how we talk, isn't it? Thanks so much for the podcast, guys. Absolutely love it. And sending loads of love to everybody. Bye. Oh, the absolute best. I love this. Sorry, there's drilling going on outside the window and I'm not stopping because I tell you what, this is a great call. Not only because it starts with me being an absolute ride. Thank you very much. Many thanks. (laughs) And oh, I'm glad that so many people are enjoying me on Instagram because sometimes I just feel like... Am I just showing off? I mean, clearly I am, but, you know, it's it's helping some people. Uh, <laughs> now, a Donegal person, you're very much welcome here. I wouldn't say that to Debbie because she's from Mayo. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. Living in Kent, well, you don't make things easy for yourself, do you? Now, Paddy the Irish is such a stereotype that is still so ingrained here that when I was talking to a friend of mine who's recently become a friend of mine who's Irish-American, so from Chicago, just moved to the UK for the first time. And, you know, I've been talking about the experiences growing up here and what that means and also colonialism and the United Kingdom. And, you know, he's been having also conversations about his Irishness. He was like, I'm so astounded at the amount of active anti-Irishness that still exists in Englandshire. I find it interesting that, you know, like, we just sort of accept it or it's just like a normal thing. I don't know really how to collect my thoughts on this for a couple of reasons. Whenever my Irishness is is acknowledged, I find it really difficult because I always find myself really being so fraudulent. But then if I'm ever addressed as being British, I feel really violent. (laughs) Diasporic Irishness is really complex and difficult because... The Irish have essentially, we've marketed our culture as a way of attracting people to the island and to Irishness and to legitimise. There's a really interesting book called How the Irish Became White, which I'm sure you and others are aware of, which really goes into that in detail. And, you know, in this sort of light entertainment podcast that we're doing, I'm not sure if I should be opening up such a massive conversation, which we could sit with for a very long time. Um, I grew up in a house you know this will sort of give context I think to some of the anti-English sentiment in my family because we grew up with the age of no blacks no Irish no dogs and then from my childhood it was no Irish no travellers on pub doors I remember that very vividly because we were considered to be trouble I'm researching for a show called Plastic Paddies. And so I've read pamphlets from like the late 90s that were produced by the Metropolitan Police, which are called Policing the Irish, which are essential ways of like how to police the Irish. I mean, it's completely fucked up stuff. But I guess what I'm saying is, it's like massive, absolute solidarity and up your Irish and like, 
you be such a fucking moody curmudgeon that you need to be if that is what's going to get them to listen. I think there is such a cultural stereotype of like being up for the crack, being up for the laugh. But whenever we enter discourse, quite often it's illegitimate. Also, do you know what? I'm so fucking bored because I've got a Donegal name. I am so bored of having to teach English people not only how to say my name, but how to spell it as well. My name's not Gallagher. My name's Galha. I mean, there are so many Galhas over this way. Please just say my name right because it's it's just a moment of decency. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not called Aoife which I can imagine might be difficult for you to get your head or your mouth around. But even still, it shows your fucking ignorance. Anyway, this is now turning into a real long run. And whilst I'm at it, you cannot find a decent fucking pint in this country. Oh, the amount of, like, absolute awful pints of Guinness that I've been placed in front of me, which are lukewarm in plastic cups, I tell you what, Oh, now you've got me going. I'm going to have to have a lie down. Hi, Scotty. It's Marilyn Misandri here with some really funny gossip for you about myself. I'm kind of telling on myself. The other week, I got messaged on Grindr by someone and we had like a really hot, steamy, horny conversation. And I asked him to send me some pics of himself and he did. And he was a fairy, which, you know, perhaps that's a warning sign. But like, whatever, don't kink shame. It's fine. Anyway, we really got into it and we were back and forth sending pics, taking pics, basically doing everything you can do in lockdown other than um, actual shagging. And I asked him for like any pics of himself events and he sent me loads. And it slowly turned out that actually his fur character that he used to do was a policeman and he said in his words i love posing with the local police and it turns out that i nearly slept with another fascist except this time this one dressed up as a fascist as well a fascist police dog so yeah i'm thinking of joining a nunnery because i quite clearly cannot be trusted with men anyway i love you lots Oh, I love this. Now, full disclosure, Marilyn Misandri is someone who I recognise as being a beautiful child, you know, who I hold very dearly, very, very dearly. And so, this is so fab. This is it, you know, where intersectional identities meet. But, wow, what a niche to be like, hi, I'm a fascist pup. Fascist pups, who knew it existed? I wonder if our Toby's got something to say about that. Oh, wow. Why would you... I mean, I don't get it. I do not get, in the kink world, why dressing up like a policeman or a police dog is a thing. Like, it just frightens me. Like, the imagery frightens me. That's not something I'm like, oh, that feels sexy. It just makes me think, fuck, I need to get out of here. <laughs> Now, if you want to talk about being a non-pup, Marilyn. (laughs) Oh my God, I love this conversation so much. Hello, Scotty and all you toners. This is Jamie from Edinburgh. Just doing a little shout out, really, for growing older. This is my golden year. I'm going to be 50 later in the year. So I just keep thinking about that, milestones and stuff like that. And just getting older and being middle-aged. It's really amusing. Not coming out till I was 33 kind of knocked me. So my adolescence didn't really start till 33. 
and boy did i make up for it being one of them gayers yeah got through my fair share let me say also living with bpd borderline personality disorder kind of locks you into a lot of adolescent behavior or um even toddler thinking but on good days i feel okay about getting older a new wrinkle appears in the mirror and uh i laugh at it i think oh isn't that look, look at that yeah i'm getting older and as my flatmate says growing old is a privilege that not many humans get to experience so that's a thing isn't it that's a thought also you'll never be this young again so you may as well enjoy today oh god 47 was the year everything headed south i think 49 is the year that everything is headed out so i'm now down and out <laughs> but that's lockdown for you but it's all sort of connected into where did you piss yourself? <laughs> because, oh my God, a friend of mine just came up with this phrase. He said, do you know the dot of shame? And I immediately understood what he meant. Because after a certain age, you go to the loo and you shake it off and you pop it back in your pants. And then suddenly there's like this whole reservoir down in the pipes that, that comes out. And you were like, well, where were you when I was shaking off? But sometimes, you know, you, the little message is sent from down below to brain going, oh, I need a wee. And you think, oh, that's all right. And actually, it's not outright anymore because the wash has perished. And a little bit comes out and you get the dot of shame. So that there is that. So a shout out for all my middle age <laughs> chums who are dealing with the wrinkles and the hair loss and the, the gut and the wee wee and the glasses at the end of the nose. Hurrah. Lovely, Jamie. It's lovely to have you back in the room there, sweetheart, with those beautiful, beautiful sounds that your lovely voice box makes, doesn't it? 50. Well, there's a landmark for your sweetheart. So happy birthday. H, HBD with your BPD. Look at that. Now, there was a lot there that you mentioned. I do relate to this thing about getting old. It really, it's sort of just hitting me at the moment. I turned 36 this year, but my body is sort of changing quite rapidly. So much so that I am going to be grey by the end of the year. But let's just pretend, I'm just putting henna on it. Well, just because I always really like my ginger hair, but it's always never been ginger enough. <laughs> Here we go. This is about me. It's never been ginger enough. Now, because the hair's going lighter and I put the henna on top of it, it's going much lighter in ginger shade. So I'm really enjoying that. And I love that idea idea that age is a privilege you know I'm very lucky that I've had elder friends particularly elder queer friends who have just always admired I mean I've always been that old-fashioned little queer kid that much prefers to hang out with nanas than they do you know people their own age because people my own age bore me but I tell you what even throughout all this aging and stuff like that I really feel like I'm going through a renaissance at the moment like suddenly I sort of feel quite sexy and attractive which is a new feeling. So I wonder if I can retain that into to my next semester, trimester, sem uh, that's when you have a baby, isn't it? Well, you know what I mean, into the next bit. And pissing yourself, I'm all here, let's normalise it. You know what? It's just a bit of piss. You know, I'm sure people have done much worse. Some people have dressed up as fascist dogs. 
And that is it for yet another beautiful, lovely week. Uh, we've got one more week left of this season. Oh, I know. Feels like we're only just getting going. But actually, I'll tell you what, me and Deb definitely need a break. Because, um, you know, three months solid producing <laughs> a show for you lot is a blessing and a curse. And so with that in mind, please do feel free to show some generosity over on patreon.com forward slash after the tone. If you can, if you can. We know not everyone is in a position that they can. For a pound a week, you can help keep us on air online and on the straight and narrow well one of those is a lie (laughs) oh i've had a wonderful week brilliant first time callers there as well some new people entering the gang just as we're about to take a little break but you know we'll be back for season four don't you worry about it remember if you would like to join in the conversation all you got to do is open up the whatsapp and send us a voice note to this number zero seven double eight two hundred and we also love to hear from you throughout the week on the social medias hashtag after the tone pod pod and you know without further ado i think i'm gonna leave it there because i'm gonna have a little lie down now oh who am i fucking kidding i've got to do about seven other things today well the job of uh influential artist is never done <laughs> Oh, thanks for putting up with me today. I know I've been a massive dickhead and not in a good way. All right, see you later, sweethearts. Look after yourself and remember... What do I... Oh, I forgot. Insert something profound here in a bit. The Tone is presented by me, Scotty, and produced by Debbie Coolbride with theme tunes from Liv Morris and Louise Mother Soul. Shout out to podcast.co. After The Tone is a Debbie Productions production. Catch us every Thursday for new episodes. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.